into the Self-Help Podcast, a weekly no-nonsense guide dedicated to your emotional health and well-being. Presented by entrepreneur Edward Lamb and psychotherapist Sean Orford. For more information, visit liveinthepresent.co.uk. Okay, hello, welcome to episode 486 of the Self-Help, the Self-Help Podcast with me, Ed Lamb, tongue-tied, and my good pal, Sean Orford. How are you doing, Sean? Uh, I'm good. I'm getting over the COVID. Um, a bit coldy still, but I'm okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, so I think, is that your third third bout of COVID? Yeah. Yeah, I've had three goes of that, and I've had all the injections and the boosters and everything. Oof. And my, my body must be kind of rattling around with all the stuff over the last... 18 months is that stuffed in. Yeah. <laughs> Dear me. No, man, well, you're, you're still standing there. You're still smiling. God bless you. Yeah. Woo, come on. Did you, <laughs> did you find it impacted you um, as much as the last? Because, I mean, you had it very early no. on a few years yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah, wasn't much yeah, fun. No, I, I, I think that it's got uh, gentler. Either my resistance to it has increased or, or it's weaker. Yeah. Um, but I mean, this was just like having a, a cold, really. Okay. Heavy cold. You know, really had a had a quite a heavy cough. But um, apart from that, you know, whereas when I had it the first time, it knocked me over. It was like, oh. Yeah, well, I had a friend last year that late, late on last year that had it, and it really did impact them. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I read a little article just this morning about the COVID app. Um, the UK health app that's kind of they've discontinued it finally finally it's kind of obviously COVID is still out there as a as a disease or a minute something that people can get but life's back to normal if there is such a thing yeah there does seem to be quite a big wave around here of COVID mm. um, but uh, I mean generally I think it's, it's diminished a lot mm. yeah yeah. I mean, well, we're not talking about COVID too much today, but I take it was it bad enough for you to to feel the need to test for it? Because I mean, I, I if I had a cough now or a, or a sniffly nose, I wouldn't I wouldn't even bother testing now. I haven't got any kids in the house. So. Yeah, but it, but it's because of the kind of work that we do. I mean, especially really working with oncology. Yeah. So it's a case of you have to be careful. People in oncology have no immune system if they're on uh, chemo. So, yeah. 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 So. You've got to be careful. You do. Yeah, no, I was in a doctor's surgery last week accompanying someone just to help them out with something. And, uh, yeah, still still masks being worn in there, you know, which is yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, no issue. But it felt a bit yeah. weird, like, yeah, going back to the world of masks and trying to really yeah. – is it the blue on the outside yeah. or the white on the outside? And, yeah, that kind of thing. Blue on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, we're talking about – Boris today or not just Boris we'll move on to kind of the truth in general and what what is the truth if, if such a thing exists um, so we'll come on to that shortly any new listeners coming on board take a look at our website livingthepresent.co.uk for all the show notes and links and all the previous episodes are on there I've just updated the iTunes actually uh, feed so I think you should be able to access the, the most recent 100 episodes on iTunes instead of like the most recent 10 just let me know if you can do that because Weirdly, my uh, my son likes to listen to the podcast now as he goes to sleep. 
<laughs> it actually bores him to sleep. That's bores good. Him. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, bless him. He's only 11 and he's put a review on iTunes and written a lovely little review. All right. Little legend. Yeah. Uh, but he says he likes listening to them. But he was, he was annoyed because he could only access the most recent 10. So I've, I've changed the settings. So, uh, yeah. Anyone got any issues on that front, on a technical front? Yeah. Let me know. But yeah. hopefully, yeah, you can get a few more of them on there now. Um, yeah. So, yeah, go on then. So, you love, you love discussing, I mean, we're miles out of Brexit and all that madness of Boris Johnson, but he's been in the news again lately, hasn't he, Sean? So that's that's got you back onto him. Well, the, it was interesting because he had to go in, into this committee and um, he's, he's telling a version of the story. Now, whether that is truth or whether it is the truth or whether it's his truth and... That this idea, <clears throat> I keep hearing people saying, well, you know, I need to tell my truth. I need, to, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, if your truth of the same event is different to my truth of that event, which one's true? You know, are they both true? Is there an absolute truth? Does truth exist? If it doesn't exist, does that mean you, you can't lie? What, what does it mean? You know, it's mm. like, I think we're at a point where we have to, renegotiate what we mean by truth and lies because it's getting very confusing out here yeah. well yeah i didn't watch too much of the committee stuff i saw it was on and uh, i watched little bits of it and obviously it was there is a version of the truth which is visible because there were lots of photographs and video evidence being shown as he was chatting and it was interesting watching him you know he had a hotshot lawyer next to him i think or a legal expert and he had to keep like whispering in the ear of him to see what if he could say you know what how he was supposed to respond to something you know so uh there's a version of the truth that could you know wasn't too damning and wouldn't have landed him in yet more trouble so the the whole like legal truth side of things is interesting when you've got yeah a a lawyer next to you that's telling you what to say as that as the version of the truth that will get you in the least amount of trouble (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, and and that's it, isn't it? So it's like, if, if you've got someone who is the leader of the country who is being, let's say, economical with the truth, I don't, I don't know the realities of of what happened and what you were saying. Yeah. But um, what what kind of message does that give to society and to children about, you know? Yeah. What um, is the truth? So, I mean, yeah, people may or may not know. I'm standing to be a councillor in a, an election in a just a few weeks from now, actually. So, uh, you know, and I'm I'm out door knocking three, four times a week, speaking mm. to residents, you know, to kind of let them know that the elections are coming up and you know that we're an option to yeah you know, to put across next to on the day. Uh, we, it's it's yeah. quite interesting where I am. There's quite a good vibe on the whole. We're quite selective over where. I mean, every 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 resident in my area gets leaflets from us, um, but then we're quite selective on which doors we'll knock on. So it's people that are on the electoral register and people that have indicated a bit of support in the past. So we're we're kind of knocking on fairly friendly doors that you know. Um, we, we, there's a good. So you, you don't just knock every door in the street. No, everyone gets a leaflet. We haven't got time. You know, there's only three of us to to knock whilst. Right. It, the campaign in a ward of I don't know actually what the population is, but it must be 
five, six, seven thousand residents. And yes. So let me just shut the door on the fire. I've got the log fire going here. Yeah, you go for it. So um yeah, just it's interesting. You know, every now and again you'll get the a person that isn't isn't super friendly and is skeptical about you know politics and you know they're all the same you, you, you lot are all the same and at the moment i can say well i'm not a councillor yet and i haven't been a councillor so uh give me four years to kind of prove myself and then you know if you hate me after that point or if i've completely balls things up then fair dues but uh yeah there is a bit of apathy out there and you know a kind of a yeah when especially in the last five six years when we've gone through the the trauma of of Brexit and the COVID situation, and then kind of a kind of disintegrating government. How many prime ministers we've had, and chancellors of the Exchequer, and inflation, and it's just really mad time to be alive, isn't it? So uh, <laughs> you can yeah. sort of see why people might be uh, a bit cynical. Yeah, yeah, and and the, the, when you listen to the response, I was. Um, the day, it was the day after Boris, I think it was, um, and there was the um, loose women thing on, and that was on the telly, and they did a vote of the audience, and um, it was put your hands up if you believed what Boris was saying, and no one put their hand up, you know, put your hand up if you didn't believe what Boris was saying, and everyone put their hand up. Now I don't know whether that's peculiar to their audience or the fact that it was the majority of women, I don't know. Um, but um, if when you're in a situation where a lot of people can't believe the politicians, where the hell are we going? Well, I know, but I'll bet you if, if, if he was due to be uh, like the leader of, if, if there was a vote to be, to elect a new leader of the Conservative Party and potentially a general election, I think he would probably stand the best chance out of all of them. I think he would be re-elected as a Conservative leader in a heartbeat. Uh, and I think he'd have a good chance of winning a general election, actually, because he's got, despite all his, um, his like the flaws in his character, uh, he's he's electable, isn't he? And he kind of tells it like he's it is. He's got charisma. He's got charisma. He's got charisma. And um, I actually think in the same way that Trump is a similar kind of character. Uh, I think yeah. if, if Trump is able to stand again, I think there's a very good chance that he'll become the president because people can. Uh, there's enough people that will kind of overlook all the stuff because they like the way he talks. It's strange, isn't it? People are fascinating, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, and I'm very interested by the fact that um, we're we're moving to uh, a state of equality where we can have. Um, uh, a, a guy of Indian origin as our Prime Minister in, in England and we've now got Hamza who is, which is an Arabic name so I, I yeah. assume he's Muslim um, as the leader in Scotland yeah. and I'm thinking well haven't things changed and moved such a lot that's yeah. incredible it's a good point and you know I mean I saw the announcement uh, yesterday about the, yeah, the new SNP leader and it, did, it didn't even occur to me that he's in, of Asian origin. Um, so I guess that's another sign of how far we've come because, I mean, same when Rishi was elected leader or prime minister, sorry, that I'm sure to a lot of people it was a big deal that he was, at, um, you know, he's got you know, Asian background. But it didn't even occur to me, really. <laughs> so it's, 
uh, like um, literally, literally. So it, in many because ways, I've have... I, no, because I've travelled a lot, um, I pick up on names. It's like mm-hmm. Hamza it has to be an, an Arabic name, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that's where it comes from, um, from and, which yeah. probably means means Arabic Islam, you know. That kind yeah, of yeah. Well, he's got a Scottish accent, hasn't he? Which um, so he's Scottish. But yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. His parents or his grandparents will have come over at some point. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but, but that, that, that's one of the powerful things to me about everybody in the UK is an immigrant. Yeah, you know, unless you're going to count people that are pure Celtic, you know, then we're, we all came from somewhere else, or our ancestors did. Yeah, and I, I am a real mongrel in terms of ancestry. So. So, I mean, moving like moving the conversation on to more like general themes of, of, of truth. Uh, um, uh, like, why why are we attracted to people that we know don't always tell the truth? Or you know, I mean, I'm sure we've all got listeners as well, stories of friends, family, relations that have kind of got married and and said the vows till death us do part. You know that we all. The, all of us that get married tend to say, um, and then months, years down the line, renege on those on the, on those promises. So uh, we all know liars, like inverted commas, and we all, to a certain extent, do tell lies, whether they're big or small. Uh, so, what is it about the human kind of traits that leads us to to, to bend the truth or break it in two? <laughs> I think, but but, it's, but it's, it's what do we get out of it? The other end. And it's, it's like when I was was a child, Danny Center London, um, in London generally, the attitude wasn't doing something wrong that was wrong. What was wrong was getting caught for doing something wrong. Right. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It, if you got away, away with it, fair enough. You know. Mm. Um, and that would have been true. I suspect on all levels, including relationships, as you know, and, yeah. and that that whole idea about should I be truthful? Now, I mean, you you put in your notes. I, I noticed Tourette's. Now, people that have got Tourette's are instinctively saying what they see very often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, my eldest sister. God bless, I had the sensitivity of a flying house brick when it came to things like that. And and she she actually said to a guy that I I knew that had bad acne as a teenager, oh, my God, you've got a face like a Christmas pudding. Now, not the most sensitive thing to say, but um, I'm sure that uh, lots of people have looked at someone with those kind of physical features and thought, my God, looks like a Christmas pudding. Um, but yep. how many people would actually say it? Yeah. No. Uh, and well, that's the thing. But if, but if you don't say it, are you are you lying? Are you lying? Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, people with Tourette's, you know, come, I know it comes in various shades. You know, are fascinating. And, uh, um, kids, you know, ch- children have a kind of tendency to to say it as it is. Um, and I'm just trying to think, like, what age they kind of learn. They learn to kind of keep a lid on things and 
and even then you know to tell little white lies you know i've got i've, I've got two boys eight and eleven so they're quite good at now being sneaky about what they're up to where they've gone i've just had a last week actually my eldest is 11 and he's we kind of give him freedom of the area in many ways with certain rules and conditions you know if he's going to go beyond a certain place then he needs to let us know he needs to have his phone on him and he got busted a couple of weeks ago because he was out with a mate and he told me he got back and he told me that he'd just been playing in the woods and playing on the field um but then yeah. i was chatting to my mum later on and she'd spotted this little blonde haired boy um on his bike quite a distance from home on his own and so i kind of <laughs> i quizzed him and it turned out yeah indeed he'd kind of he'd gone on his own to the, one of the local shops to see if there was a because he wanted a drink um and uh he hadn't been truthful with us so it was quite interesting kind of peddling back <laughs> through his did, did 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 he then feel contrite about Having lied, or was he? Like, ah, I got away with that one. What, what was it? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Well, I because I, yeah, I kind of toyed with him a little bit because I knew he'd been busted, um, and uh, it was it was interesting watching him try and try to get himself out of the situation. So it was quite a minor one, and I don't really mind too much. I quite I think it's pretty cool that he's yeah. got the confidence to go out there. And uh, so, but you yeah. know, like I say, just let us know next time, just so we know where you are. It's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I've I've got. Uh, a, a situation in the, my extended friendship group where there's someone that's been caught out lying on a much greater scale and there's obviously huge consequences in terms of relationships and family uh, breakdown and stuff. So later on in life, if you're kind of used to kind of worming your way out of things and you're kind of not being honest with people, it can have massive, massive implications, can't it, that can last. In some cases, you know, my, my grandma died last year and she kind of, went to her grave with a 50-year trauma of not kind of having a healed uh, situation because she was divorced 50 years earlier. So, you know, she never really got to the bottom of that stuff. Um, so it can it can have long-term impacts, can't it, if, if you're not being truthful with people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, the that whole idea of, you know, is the truth the truth? Because sometimes we kind of give people the slack. So I have a relative who I won't name, who if they say, I'll be there at 3.30, then everybody puts five in the calendar because they know that they won't be there at 3.30. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and and if they say, I'll be around Tuesday, well, they probably will be around on Tuesday, but not necessarily this week. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, and that isn't like... That isn't someone deliberately being dishonest when they say, yeah, yeah, I'll be there at four o'clock. They mean it. Mm-hmm. But we all know that they'll never actually do it. Yeah. No. Yeah, I know. So, but, so that isn't lying, but it, it is purveying a falsehood, if you see what I mean. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, man. Yeah. Yeah. They're on a different, different scale. But I guess, yeah, we learn these behaviours as children, don't we, and- um, I guess what we what we what I teach my kids is to kind of keep a lid on what they're doing, be honest when they can, and because I guess it can snowball into to bigger and more more dangerous behaviours, can't it? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, mm. and and that thing about um, lying or telling uh, a falsehood is usually 
for my advantage. That's why I'm doing it. You know, I'm getting something from it. Yeah. So uh, in your notes, you, you put down cladding, which is... Um, That's from your blog post. Like yeah. Grenville. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, in the blog post. Oh, it's in the blog post. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so that, that, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that's lying on like an industrial scale in terms of the the suitability of a of a product to kind of keep people warm and cozy and safe. And uh, obviously, um, companies get found out, don't they, about things that they're installing, um, about whether they're safe or not. And you know, we're very lucky in the UK that we've got, on the whole, very safe environments to live in and building standards, etc. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the inquiry is kind of around Grenfell has opened up some really big questions for us about how we, well, yeah, mm. how we go forward mm. with some of this stuff because there's people living in buildings right now, aren't there, that are uh, unsafe? Yeah. And and I think that for me, looking at this whole issue, if I think about Putin and the Ukraine, you know, does Putin actually believe his rhetoric, mm. you know, that uh, all the Ukrainians are all kind of evil people that are in the, the pay of the West and all need to be brought under control. Yeah. You know, does he actually believe that? I, I don't know. Um, mm. And I'm sure he could construct the evidence to, to prove it. Yep. But we're surrounded by lies, damn lies, and statistics. Mm. It's like, it, it, all around us, you know, but, but it's like we said a couple of episodes ago, you know, if your darling comes to you and says, what does my bottom look like in this? Do you say it looks so large, it's going to blot out the sun? Or do you say, no, you look nice and curvy, darling? I mean, what, you know what I mean? What, what do you say? Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and how many people do have levels or feel that they can be honest with each other like that, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and it, it all becomes a very kind of relative statement. It does. Yeah. As yeah. you know, as you get, to, as you get to know people, you know what you can and can't say. And they, you know, the, those people will kind of, there's, there's hidden meanings, aren't there? in what we say in the language that we use. How many times have you been with a group of people who have been, gossiping about or slagging somebody off and then that person comes into the room and they go oh hello it's so good to see you and like 10 minutes ago they ripping their head off you know <laughs> um yeah yeah. I've, I've, yeah I've been watching um married at first sight the australian version it's like this like garbage tv show with like contestants kind of get married without having met each other they're kind of put together by experts relationship yeah. you should watch it actually if you haven't already but you know it's very much like mm -hmm. razzmatazz like um trashy tv but i kind of you can only watch so many detective series but without needing a bit of a break from all the murder and <laughs> that kind of thing so a bit of light relief but anyway yeah there's a lot of because everything's being filmed obviously and sometimes the relationships go on in the background between contestants and then they try and back out of it and they try and explain you know their version of it despite there being video evidence of what of what they've done and how they've lied their way into into trouble so uh, mm. it's it's quite fascinating actually watching it all um so yeah, yeah. I'll put that so in. anyone who's worked in the legal system 
sees that all the time. Yeah. I mean, th- this is an interesting situation. Um, and it, it is uh, becoming a new thing at the moment. Is uh, a barrister is going to present your case in court. Now the barrister is your advocate. They may actually think that you're guilty, but they will present, they will advocate for you like you're innocent because that's what you're paying them to do. Mm. You know, so very often barristers are well-trained liars. Yeah. No. I know. Well, um, that's a whole art form, isn't it, in terms of knowing what to say in court, when to say it, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to kind of, especially yeah, if someone's defending a, a known, I don't know, murderer or goodness knows what. Um, yeah, but, you know, the legal system's built on the foundations of hundreds of years of knowledge and all that kind of stuff. So, um, it's, yeah, it's complex stuff that in it. <clears throat> yeah, but could you go into court with someone that you know was guilty and present their case like they're innocent? I mean, yeah, I'd struggle to, yeah. There's a case recently, a local one, that obviously like, I've got a road safety um, interest and I found out there's someone that lived quite close to me that's just been put in jail for four years um, for killing a kid with a car. Um, but because, he, because the murder weapon was a car, um, you can get off quite lightly. You know, with, there's all sorts of loopholes for motorists in terms of careless and dangerous driving and that kind of thing. The, he was clocked at doing 55 mile an hour in a 20 mile an hour zone um, in somewhere in Manchester. And he was racing with a, a mate. You know, he just left work and they were racing down the street on the way home. So in my eyes, murder, you know, with the car as the weapon. But because we have very clever lawyers that know about, you know, motorists and how, how you can kind of worm your way out of things. He got four years, which will probably be two years in jail, and he got a four-year driving ban. So, yeah, no no big deal. You know, had he had he killed this kid with a hammer or a gun, obviously there would have been uproar and it would have been a national, you know, national news. But, yeah, man, I won't go into That's a whole other area. Um, but, yeah, yeah, crazy, yeah. Yeah. crazy world. And he lives just around but, the corner. But, crazy. But the whole world of law and truth is something that is very, very relative to who's doing it. Um, There was a thing that I heard the other day about as as if a white slave owner owned a black person in the slave era, Mm. yeah, Uh, Europeans owning, and that even that is an outrageous statement, owning another person. Uh, And I was horrified by this. It said that if that black female slave was raped by another white man, right, mm. he wouldn't have been prosecuted for rape. He would have been prosecuted for trespass Oof. because he trespassed on the other person's property. Wow. Oh, my word. And I thought that is just so outrageous. And I was reading this whilst I was reading about this thing that's going on with barristers at the moment where barristers are refusing to um, to go in and defend um, the petrol people, you know the oh, yeah, people just stop oil. Yeah, the just stop oil environmental processes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah because they they believe that, that they shouldn't be prosecuted because the laws 
are wrong and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's and it's like at, at, at different stages of the environment, there are things that we believe to be the truth. And that's the point about this to me. It's like the lies and the truth. Um, and at any one time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. running out of time here, man. I'm trying to wrap you up. There's tea for truth. <laughs> <laughs> cool all right thanks sean so um yeah it's complex stuff in it language like body body language as well people i guess we're all as humans like trying to sell something or get something you know not always for evil purposes but i guess it's just about being being wary of of what we're saying all the time and what is being said to us but it's like i can go into a shop and I'm feeling like a bad crap, but I go in and say to the person behind the counter, hi, how are you doing? You okay? You all right? I don't come and go, oh, my God. You know what I mean? So yeah. in a sense, I, I could be seen as lying. Yeah. I, it oils the wheels of society. Yeah, it does. And I guess part of the training that you kind of uh, talk about is to be, is to lie to yourself in the morning, you know, about looking in the mirror and, you know, being bright-eyed and bushy tail and tell yourself how amazing you are and how how great the day ahead is going to be, isn't it? So yeah. is that lying or is that just like, yeah, well, how do you... It's script writing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's no more lying than going, oh, my God, I bloody ate this. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. 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 Um, what's your uh, resource of the week? Uh, I put a, a book in, which is a book. It's a kid's book for... Uh, parents to read to their children, which is about telling the truth. Okay, cool, yeah. brilliant. All right, yeah. I'll stick that in, in the notes. I'll, I'll, I'll link yeah. to um, Married at First Sight on Channel Four dot com. It's free to stream. Okay, okay. Right. yeah, kind of epic to get through like forty episodes long, but um, yeah, pretty good trashy telly. And uh, yeah, yeah, there's lots to learn <laughs> there about. You know, how, I mean, I'm aware also that TV shows like that bend the truth and probably stage certain events too but it's all part of the all part of the fun and if you as long as you're aware that what you're watching might not always be 100 yeah. percent in the first place then yeah lessons you can learn from that isn't there yeah, yeah. Um, good one. Right. cool yep. all good i'll uh i'll catch you again in the next week or two eh? okay keep smiling all enjoy right. yes thanks for your time everyone you, cheers you tell the truth i will <laughs> <laughs> I promise see you later see you bye